Last week, I began to teach you, talking to you about how to get leverage in your life. And I was teaching you about the three dimensions of faith, right? The three dimensions of faith and how God operates. The first dimension of faith is knowing God. Because if you don't know God, how are you going to operate in what God wants you to do? The second realm of faith is having faith in God is first. Second realm of faith is having faith in God's word. So logos is a sum total person, personality, and purpose of God. Rhema is actually the promises being manifested. That's when this written word begins to happen. Manifested, made visible, made seen. So we gotta have faith in God, faith in his word, how can I have faith in God's word if I don't have faith in God? What is faith? Faith is trust. Knowing and trusting. If I have faith in Mark, and I do, for over 20 years we've been in covenant, I, I would talk to him and Steph about more intimate things or serious things than anyone on the planet, than my brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, friends, mentors, whatever. I would have a higher level of trust than for anyone because we have a history because trust isn't given, yes. trust is earned. Yes. Now, let's take that toward God. Faith in God is trusting God. Like uh, Naomi Gonzalez said, ride or die. That's your, you're the, that's your ride or die, right? You're going, if you die, you die before you'd not ride with them. When God's your ride or die, when you trust God more than your symptoms, when you trust God more than your diagnoses. When you trust God more than the lack in your bank account. When you trust God more than the words that came out of your spouse's mouth that said they hate you and they don't ever want to spend another day with you. When you trust God more than your son or daughter finding putting that needle in their arm, believing that that will be broken off their life. When you trust God that you will live and not die. Be strong and mighty and overcome through the knowledge and power of God. So first dimension of faith is what? Knowing God. Second dimension of faith is God's word, having faith in God's word. So having faith in God, having faith in God's word. The third is having faith in his prophets. God's Word, what does that do? God's word shows you his integrity. It binds his integrity to who he is. He, he doesn't need to give you his word. He gives you his word so you and I have something to attach to his integrity. That he's a God that cannot lie. Right? To attach to that. So we attach to that integrity. So his word is there for us to attach to his integrity. And uh, his prophets are here, what? To provoke us to move forward in those things that God's word says about us. They're here to provoke us, to push us, to press us, to give us words of wisdom and words of revelation and words of knowledge to help us. That doesn't mean we obey prophets when they don't obey God's word, right? But we obey prophets. That's why prophets, that's why I love Prophet Trout. And he's one of the few true office prophets that comes in here. There are several, but he's the main office prophet. Why? Because he understands spiritual authority and he knows when he steps on this property, he submits to me. 
because I'm the pastor. I know the sheep. I smell like you, live like you, die like you. If you're not blessed, I'm not blessed. If I'm not blessed, you're not blessed. We're in this together. A true apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and pastor. They understand the pastor is the shepherd of the house. And I've had men and women come in here before, and I've had, ah, can't have me anymore because they don't understand basic spiritual authority because I have to stand before God for you. I'm accountable for you. Now, you may not believe that. That's why you do what you do, but this is why I do what I do for 30 years. I know what I'm bound to. So today, as we move on teaching in these three realms, and I really want to save it for next week to teach you about manifest, about manifesting. I'll try to stay off that if I can. See, the scriptures tell us, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 says, Now thanks be to God, who always, say always, leads us to triumph, look now, in Christ. Your victory comes through the anointed one. He is the Christos, the anointed one that God sent. Why is he the anointed one? The Bible says that Jesus manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Son of God was manifest or brought forth to destroy the works of the devil, which is sin. It was sin. It's not even that anymore. It was sin. It was a sin uh, Adam and Eve did and turned against God and all that, a rebellion. But the Bible says, yeah, you battle sin, and sin's bad, and you battle the devil, and he's bad. But the Bible says also he grows dimmer and dimmer day by day. He's even weaker, not stronger. But the Bible teaches us the greatest, but you know what the number one enemy of God is? It's kind of in that, but the number one enemy of God is a carnal mind, which is religion. A carnal mind is different levels and different degrees. A carnal mind is a mind that focuses on the flesh and the physical and the soul more than the spirit. A carnal mind is more about me and ours than others. A carnal mind is about loving me, myself, and I more than I love my neighbor. A spiritual mind is love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and mind, but love your neighbor as yourself. A carnal mind is the opposite of that. So the enemy, how do you say that word, Ian? Enmity? Yeah, that word against God. That word against God comes from a carnal mind. A mind that puts this carnal world before the unseen world. When I'm talking to you about three dimensions of faith, it's like this solar system is one dimension. But you know, there's solar systems outside our solar system. This earth and this earth's atmosphere sets in one dimension. But when we broke the barrier of sound, what did they do? They went through this earth's dimension into another dimension. There's different dimensions. That's why the Bible talks about faith is so important. It's the vehicle to go into the unseen, to bring the unseen into the seen. That's why I talked to you last week, by his stripes you were healed, 1 Peter 2.24. How many of you 
you know the word says you're healed, but you're waiting on a manifestation to see it. You're just waiting, wave at me. You're just waiting to see it. Well, the only way you're going to see it is when it manifests. It appears. It shows forth. Think about this. Whenever John the Baptist, I told you last week when he was getting ready to be beheaded, he sent his disciples and they asked Jesus if he was the Messiah, the Christ. And instead of putting them down, he had 5,000 men plus their families he's ministering to, his disciples. It's getting close to crunch time. He's been raised the dead, healing the sick, doing all these amazing, marvelous things. But John the Baptist is the one that sat there and called Jesus forth, baptized him, saw heaven open, heard God's voice, as did the writers and everyone else. This is what my son, in whom I well please, saw a tangible manifestation of the Holy Spirit as a dove come and land on his shoulder and anoint him. But yet, when he wasn't with him in proximity for a year and a half, he's starting to doubt what he saw and what he heard. You see, the Bible teaches us that Moses knew God and his people knew God. But Moses had an advantage. The Bible says also Moses knew the ways of God. Spiritual maturity is not in knowing more about God. It's about experiencing and understanding and activating his ways in your life at a higher level. I've been healed multiple ways. I've been healed by someone else praying for me. I've been healed by other people that even lay hands on me praying for me. I've been healed by wisdom from a doctor and do some things to get healed. I've been healed by uh, uh, fasting and praying and then my body be healed. I've been healed by speaking the word and commanding my body to be healed. I've been healed lots of different ways. So what I want you to understand, by his stripes you were healed, it doesn't mean just because you don't have the manifestation that there isn't a way for you to be healed. It just means, and it doesn't mean the ways that you were healed before are wrong. See, you just got to look for the way he wants to do it this time. Because if he did it the same every time, we wouldn't grow. If he did it the same every time, we wouldn't know him better. If he did it the same every time, if he answered prayer the same way, every time we would know him in this little box or window of who he is. But what is beautiful about God, the more we're tested and tried not by God, it's for our own hearts. And the more challenges we've had that we've defeated after level, after level, after level, but we get stuck somewhere. And boy, prayer and fasting didn't work. Sowing didn't work. Man, loving and forgiving crazy people didn't work. I'm still waiting on the manifestation. That doesn't mean there isn't a way. It just means you haven't matured to find the way. But once you find that way, think how much more you will know God and how greater your faith and maturity will be to command God's blessings over your life. There's, my mama used to always say, where there's a will, there's a way. And it's true. When you put your, your will, your mind, will, and emotions, and you invest yourself in finding a way and trust God and humble yourself before the Lord. If he has to, he'll bring a donkey like he did the prophet to talk to you. If he has to, he'll have a rock cry out and give you the information. He'll find a way. 
if your will is to find it, not just when you feel the pain. Oh, yeah, I got to do that. Not just when, you know, you're paying your bills. Oh, God, we can't live like this. Not just when your marriage has had a bad argument, but what about all those other days the Holy Spirit was speaking to you about what you need to do in your marriage? Where there's a will, there's a way. And when it's to do with God, there's always ways. And if you just went home today and took about an hour, maybe take 15 minutes, and just begin to think about the different ways God has answered your prayers. The different ways he has shown his love to you. The different ways he's healed you. The different ways he's touched your family. The many different ways he's ministered to you when no one else could minister. Just begin to reflect on those ways that I promise you. Just start jotting them. It will blow your mind to see how much you know about God. What is it? That's faith. That's, that's knowing and trusting God. Everybody say manifest. Manifest. So we have natural laws like gravity. What goes up must come down, right? right. And out of those natural laws, what must go up, what must come down, you jump off a building, you're going down, right? Hopefully you have a parachute or something waiting to bounce you up, but you're going down. The fall doesn't kill you, it's the landing. Right? It's not the fall. Oh, you'll fall to your death. Yeah, to your death, but not die while you might have a heart attack. But it's when you hit. That's a law. That's a natural law. There's different kinds of laws, different kinds of principles, and different kinds of systems. So if I want to beat the law of gravity, then I can get in something like an airplane or a jet that flies, and I can break the law of gravity as long as I'm in the system of an airplane. Think of all the engineering it took to discover flight, all the mechanics and engineers it took and the money and the investment to put a plane together so you can just get in it and sit back and take a nap or watch a show and just to another country if you want. You're breaking the law of gravity because of a system you're participating in, the system of flight. Right now, we experience this sound system, even though it's not the sound system we're believing for. Help Pastor Mark. He was excited, but it's a very annoying way he said, but we are around 17,000 of finishing off the last air conditioning unit. We did get hit with a $5,500 bill on a gas line that we'd forgot about that has to be run, so it probably is 20,000, 21. But he didn't mean, he just he was thinking more about what he was believing for. So anyway, just help you with that. So everybody say systems. So the next thing we got to do is knock this thing out, pay this sound, get a new sound system. But here's the thing. There's a law called electricity about positive and negative currents and all that. I don't understand all of it. I just know this. We have 110 and we have 220 mainly in our homes doing different things. If you don't handle that law properly, it can kill you. Anybody agree with that? Definitely hurt you bad and probably kill you in a lot of circumstances. But we need the law of electricity, which has all of its dynamics. And we can take the law of electricity and we can put plugs and wiring in this building. And we can buy amps 
that wires and plugs go into, and they go into microphones, and they go into speakers, and they go into a board that processes it, and a person's back there processing it. We call it what? A sound system. And as we learn here, if there's one little chink in the armor of over a $100,000 sound system, the whole thing doesn't work. One little thing in that system that gets out of whack. There's, sometimes it doesn't just shut it down, but it might as well. But one little thing could just shut that thing off. Now, the law of electricity, if it's shut off, it's not going to happen. But if you've got electricity and you have built the system to function with that law, if I build a system to operate on 220 volts, but I only have 110 volts running to it, it's not going to operate. See, you want to build this life that's a 220 life, but you're not even up to DC power, let alone 110. And you blaming God. See, God has systems. He had a system called his law that he gave to Moses. Now, he didn't need his law. The Bible says the law was what? To tutor us, to let us know it sucks when you don't obey God. Pretty much torture for a couple thousand years or whatever, more than that. But it was better than not having a law because without the law, you were never going to get back to God. It wasn't his best plan. It's kind of like having electricity outside your building and you want to hear worship music. You can have the greatest system here in the world, but if there's no power running to it, it's not going to operate. Every system has laws, and every system runs by a certain power. It's funny how we try to take the power of this world to make the power of God work in our life. That's the carnal mind. We take the systems of this world to make God work in our life. And he's just sitting there saying, bro, I'd like to help you, but you're not, you're not, in, you know, you're not in my zip code. It's not that he doesn't want to do it. It's just that he's not a liar. He can't do it because it would go against the truth he gave you. Laws are truth. Know the truth and the truth will. So if you want to operate at a higher anointing in your life, which means the presence and power of God for breakthrough and triumph and victory, if you want to operate in healing, if you want to operate in peace that passes your understanding, even when your life's a mess, you can still have peace right in the middle of it. If you want to operate in those things, freedom from addiction and all those things, you've got to have the right systems in your life plugged into the right power. Amen. There's people with false religions that's built a, their life around a false system or they build a system that may be an honoring system. They eat healthy and, you know, they meditate. And they do a lot of good stuff and they love people and all that. But they're plugged into the wrong power. It's not even 120. It's not going to move their system. So then they got to plug the world in to get some needs met. That's why I tell you all the time, you as a believer have an unfair advantage in every area. You have an unfair advantage in finances, in health, in family, in wisdom. You have an unfair advantage. But 
If you don't operate within the system, it's not going to function. Everybody say manifest. So God has laws. And the reason he had these laws, what? He had these laws so it could at least touch us where we were as humanity. Through a man named Moses who knew God's ways. And that worked okay. But then he brought his son here. Jesus came off the throne and come here for us and manifested. John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? And then on down in about 14, 15 verses, and the Son of God manifested before us in da-da-da. Another place in John, I think it says, or First John, and the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. What kind of works did he do? The works he did was way back there when he deceived Adam and Eve out of their authority, and they gave the authority, the kingdom authority that they were entrusted with to him. And because God's not a liar, he couldn't just take it back from him, from his throne. It had to come through an Adam, a man. That's why in Romans 5, it said that we're under sin and death because of the first Adam. But God has sent his second Adam, Jesus, the son of God, and that we are saved by grace through faith. That's a system. You have the law, and the Ten Commandments was a system, an operating system. If you went by computers, it's DOS. Y'all not very old, don't even know what that is. You're on Windows 430 right now, but DOS. If you ever had to deal with DOS, believe me, you're just glad you wasn't born during that era. That's all I can say. But the upgrades come, and then all of a sudden, God just destroyed the whole, don't even use DOS anymore. A whole new language came out. But it birthed from DOS and was built levels all around it to become a new language. Just like God didn't do away with the Old Testament, he just perfected it. He, he, He just blessed it and fulfilled it so we could move into the next operating system. Let me prove it to you. Remember when I was talking to you about how when they were questioning Jesus if he was the son of God, John's disciples. And he said, tell him what I do. I raise the dead, I open blind eyes, I heal the sick, I save the lost, I baptize. Just go back and tell him. Because he knew if John heard that, that would rebuild his trust in Jesus. That he stayed on track doing what the Messiah was supposed to do. That's what the Messiah is supposed to do, right? John knew Jesus as his first cousin and knew him when they were in the womb and he leaped when he came next to Jesus when his mother came next to Mary. He, Elizabeth, he leaped in his spirit and the Bible already talks about he's the only one baptized in the Holy Spirit at that time. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. So, he was connected with Jesus, you could say at the hip in the old days, right? Through bloodlines, family, all this. But think about this. Even though he knew that, saw the heavens open, he still doubted. But he knew the system that was supposed to be in place. Because he said, kept saying, I'm not worthy to latch his sandal. 
he, he didn't care if it was his cousin, his brother, his uncle, or somebody from another country. He didn't care. He just wanted the Son of God to manifest because he knew if the Son of God manifests, he would destroy, annihilate, that word means, annihilate the works of the devil who took away life, blessing, and dominance from the king's kids and turned it against us and on us. The only way he could do it was come back as an Adam, the second Adam, the Bible says. And Jesus did that. But once they went back and told John the Baptist, he was fine with being beheaded and going on. He, done, he fulfilled his mission because he knew the system that the Son of God would bring. See, when you gave your life to Christ, you know, you can get to heaven by skinning your teeth and hair your chinny chin chin, right? But that doesn't mean you're going to enjoy the full system. You might have the whole system loaded on your computer and it don't work, but you get there because you got the system. <laughs> but it's not working for you because you don't know how to use it. Learning God's ways is how you use his system because it's already plugged in. It's not being programmed as it goes. A lot of people live for God like he's programming. I'll, I'll get a word and that changed God. No, God's already plugged it in. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's never changed. Even before Adam and Eve, it's never changed. It's the same system. It's just that he's teaching humanity how to raise up and live and operate in this system called the kingdom business, the kingdom of God. And that's why the Holy Spirit had me do that at the beginning of service to ask you, what would God have to do for you? What else beyond what he's done so that you would put him first on his day of worship? I don't know. That's up to you. But do you think if you're not faithful in the basics, you're going to see the breakthrough where you need to get deep in your programs and the system to have some huge thing manifest? Say manifestation. As soon as they leave, Jesus turns and says this. As he gets up and preaches to the 5,000 plus their families. He said, there is none greater than John the Baptist. No man greater ever lived. Moses, Abraham, no man, no prophet that has ever lived, prophet that has ever lived on this earth was greater than John the Baptist. But I say unto you, this day, everybody say this day, the least of these. Now, Michael, he's looking at people right now they don't know he's the Messiah. There's 5,000, there's 25, 30,000 people there in the valley. And he's saying, the least of these, the kids that don't even know language, it's being held in their mama's hands. The least of these are greater than he. Because he's prophesying. But he's not prophesying a thought. He's prophesying a way. He's prophesying ways. He's prophesying a system, God's system. So if I obey God's law and operate in his system, I get what he said his system produces. Oh, healing? Oh, I need to go to this other window, this other program, because I'm not getting it with Excel. Maybe I need to go to Word. Oh, I don't even, I use three other 
ways on my computer. Well, I'm going to have to Google it because I'm not able to download that file. I've used three different apps and I can't get it, but I'll Google it because Google is like the God of this earth right now. So let's just Google the carnal God and see what we can do to get a carnal answer for a carnal problem. But when you need an answer that changes eternity, you got to go above this heaven to the next heaven. (laughs) And go got it. I mean, get it. With the God. And get revelation, revealed, uncovered truth from him to release the words or the actions you're supposed to do to bring a manifestation. Now, Jesus knew what he was doing. Because think about this. He stood up in front of the whole church, the whole world, and said, as great a prophet as John the Baptist was, the least of these will be greater. I bet they didn't hear that. They didn't want to hear if you're going to have dessert with that fish and bread. So they were... But, but, but he said it anyway because he had to get it out there in the atmosphere because even the rocks groan and wait for directions from the Lord. The earth groans and waits for the violence of the sons of God. Oh, my goodness. Nature is waiting for you to step up. You're still wrestling over here with elementary things. You're still in DOS. He knew that once this took place, the old way would be annihilated. The law he was raised under, that he lived by and honored in the temples. Remember at 12, he knew more than the rabbis and all that. The laws he was born into under his mother and father didn't know any other law. But the Bible said he's matured. And as he matured, the revelation came of the Father, and he got baptized and all this. And guess what? Because he had to operate as us, right? And as all this took place, it came to the final climax. He said, this is, this is where it's going to be. But he knew that meant forever how many thousand years the law was in place, that level from this point on was annihilated. Didn't mean it didn't have benefit. It just means that's not the system he's going to live in. Didn't mean it's going to be banished from the earth. It just meant that was where the believers would not live under that system. Even though they tried many times in Acts to get back there and Paul had to straighten them out. When I was dating, he had married, Steph and I started dating, I think when I was 28 or 29. And then 29, I think. And then anyway, we got married when I was 31. So we started dating when I was 28. We got married when I was 31. The moment... I cut covenant with her, and we became husband and wife. We became one. It annihilated the level of singleness. Singleness is no longer an option for me. Another woman is no longer an option for me. Nothing other than this woman who I'm in covenant in love with, we, for better or worse, and it's more worse for her than me, believe me. But we don't even confess that. It's for better and better and blessing to blessing for us. But we operate at a little different system than a lot of people do. Not because we're special, 
just because we obey. <laughs> See, when you get a revelation of the next system and you go for it, when you're in that system, it annihilates the old system. The instant her father, we had a grandchild, or her brother had the first grandchild, as soon as, no, we did. We had the first grandchild in our family, Parker is. It annihilated, well, first of all, when we had Parker, it annihilated in my life fatherlessness. Fatherlessness was gone because I'm a father, but I wasn't a father until Parker manifested See how systems work and laws? Once Parker manifested, it didn't just affect Stephanie and I. It affected John and Patty. And the level of motherhood and fatherhood was annihilated. They've been promoted to grandfather and grandmother. They're living at a, even if they try, they love their children and they do for them. But you know what? They'll do anything for those grandkids. And people say, well, you just love them grandkids more than me. Yeah, they do. <laughs> because that's the way God set it up. Because he knew we weren't smart enough to handle our kids right all the time. We needed some help. But the instant we had Parker, she gave birth to Parker, it annihilated fatherhood. And John Alzer went to grand fatherhood. No longer should he be thinking down here on this level or this system. Because he's responsible for a higher system. <laughs> Say manifest. So whenever you experience a manifestation, you've been believing for a sickness to leave your body. You come in, you pray for it, you get healed. Whichever way God's moved and you're healed. Sam, the instant... The healing manifests. Even though by his stripes you were healed, that's God's law and God's system. That's his word. But until you manifest it, it's not doing you a lot of good. Well, look at this now. The instant your healing manifests, your disease was annihilated. See, see, you didn't get that. I didn't do that dramatic enough. Because you're just nodding at me. That should blow your mind. It blew my mind. The instant your body's healed of cancer, the only way it can be healed of cancer is if cancer is annihilated. When your body's healed of heart disease, the only way that your heart can be healed if the disease, the heart disease, is annihilated. When you're growing in God, when you gave your life to Christ, the Bible says, old things have passed away. All things have become new to them that believe. Any believers in the house? What if you lived what I just said? Because I challenge myself. I don't live it 100%. I'm working on it. But what if you really lived like every sin you committed before you changed systems and got reprogrammed? and born again, and became a son or daughter of God, that every curse and every stronghold and every sin, we say it's under the blood, 
But what if you visualized it being annihilated? Because when you came to Christ, everything before that instant is now annihilated. But the problem, we try to work two systems. If you got two operating systems on your computer, you're going to probably mess up. Christians have multiple operating systems. It's called the carnality of this world. So, so get this. Let me, let me say this. When I was born again, I was born again in a beautiful church, Nazarene church, Pastor Art Hobbs, my first spiritual father, amazing man of God. You know, the whole story, I was on drugs and all that stuff, instantly free. So, when I was born again, I was born again in Christ, right, grace, everything else. But God had to use a mother to manifest me. See, Zach is here. He wanted Zach in the earth. He couldn't manifest Zach without you two. He needed you two, his family, right, to come together to manifest the seed he wanted in the earth. You didn't have, but let's say if you had an illness, like you you hear someone that has German measles, for instance, and they're pregnant, and in the infancy, if it's under four months, I think it is, Dr. Hager, no more, and there's different kinds of illnesses that a child could be born blind or with palsy or different things. Or, you know, if you take a certain drug, it can cause what? Side effects. In other words, we realize the condition, the physical condition of the mother can affect the child, whether it's intentional or not, whether it's a drug overdose or use, or whether it's just someone didn't teach you, we didn't have the technology, and you used a certain product, a certain chemical, and it damaged your child. So does anybody believe that? That can happen, right? So every one of us are born into a family. As we're born into the family, we have certain things we're gifted in but we have certain conditions we're blind in. Hmm? Everybody say manifest. So there's certain things that's easy for me to believe because the way my family operated, that may be difficult for you to believe. Or there may be things you can believe it's no-brainer to you that would be too hard for me to believe because your family operated in that belief realm. Let's take it to ministry. The Bible calls the church the mother. When I was born again in the Inez Nazarene church, that was the mother that birthed me. I was birthed through Christ, but he used Inez Nazarene church as the mother to birth Dalton. Now that mother is like Bethel. It's not perfect. It's got some really good things, some awesome things, and some other things it's blind in. Lack of revelation in. So in this, think about this. For instance, my mother did not believe in sowing and reaping. My mother believed in tithing. I'm not talking about my natural mother. I'm talking about the mother church I was born into, the denomination. Great denomination. Thank God they believed in holiness and sanctification. But you're going to die poor. <laughs> you'd be holy. Have holes in your pocket too. 
A lot of the members believe somebody like Oral Roberts at the time, they don't now, but years ago, well, he must be of the devil because he's just a charlatan out trying to get doing that sowing and reaping on TV. That Kenneth Hagin, don't listen to him on TV. Oh, my God, don't listen to that Copeland on TV. Lord, have mercy, that stuff's which you don't get into that crazy stuff. That's name it and claim it. Anybody here need some name it and claim it? You can name some things and receive it. Do you need some things you can receive? Just asking you. I mean, that's not an appropriate way to say it because there's so much more to it. So it wasn't that my mother that I was born under was bad. It's that she had some blind spots called revelation. And God didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, believed in sanctifications, but, you know, believed tongues was for the times of the apostles. Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I can't get into the fourth realm. Because the first realm I live in is the physical. Second realm I live in is the solical, mind, will, and emotions. Third realm I live in is when I was born again and become a new creature. I'm in the spirit realm. But the fourth realm is when I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now I'm immersed in a whole realm called the fourth realm where I can see and speak to the unseen and even have a prayer language that I don't even understand a lot of times. But it works. But as beautiful as my mother was, she had a problem with that and refused to hear. And I was a young girl. I'm not going to argue with my mother. I'm just going to leave home and love my mother and honor her whenever I can. But I'm going to go find a place where I can get insight or revelation because God dealt with me. And it did. Each stage of my spiritual walk, right? We all are born into a mother and the mother operates under laws and systems of that church. When I joined the Nazarene church, as grace it is, first thing I got was my little black book membership class. And you can have your Bible, but bless God, they already had the scriptures marked that was important to them. This was their system of a Christian life. And if you got outside the black book, woo, that's for those other people, not for you. They're too hot. They're too cold. We're just right. All right. Lukewarm. Anyway, so... And believe me, I honor my heritage. I'm so thankful for the Nazarene Ministry Church and what it did for me. So I'm I'll tease, but I am not. I'm so blessed for it. And we should always, even if our mother was run to Jesus quickly, fast, in Christ, over the hill, through the mellows, through the blood, it don't matter. That's your mother. That's how you were born into this kingdom. So honor that, but don't stay there. Get vision to see. Get vision to operate in the operating system God has for you and your family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, shoot. I read one verse. I was trying to just catch you up on where I was. 2 Corinthians 2, 14, now thanks be to God who always leads us, does this help you, to triumph in what Christ through us diffuses or manifests in the King James the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. His knowledge is revelation knowledge. It's knowledge from the fourth realm that operates in every realm. It's knowing. Knowledge is not just knowing about it, it's acting on it. Remember last week I said I know some ways to release healing and then there's other times I learn new ways when I'm doing it. 
And I just chalk it up because I never know when God will have me used that way. Look at the different ways Jesus healed. Look at the different ways Paul sent handkerchiefs and had people healed. Look at the different ways Peter healed. Silver and gold I have not, but as I have I've given to you, rise up and walk. <laughs> Think of the different ways God speaks and moves. He's not doing that because he's confused. He's doing that because you and I are at certain levels and he wants us to advance so we can establish his kingdom. So I want you to just raise your hands to heaven right now. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. And I want you to pray this prayer over your life that you just pray, God, reveal to me any blind spots. Let's pray it together. Father, Reveal to me any blind spots in my walk with you. Help me to be humble, to listen, to obey your word, to love you with all my heart, to love my neighbors myself. That I grow in you every day, not for me, but for you and your kingdom and all the lost folks that without me will go to hell. Let not one go to hell because I miss my revelation. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Stand up and give God a big shout.